Welcome to Business Talk Sister Rock. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are going to be talking about our predictions post-COVID-19 for small businesses. Now, this is something that we've been kind of talking about a little bit, um, just as things have been moving forward, seeing the changes that have happened, and um, also because our intern Darby is the bomb, and she told us that we need to do more timely content uh, with what's been happening in the world. This is an episode for that. Uh, we also have another one coming up after this that will be uh, hopefully about an entrepreneur that's working in the COVID response as well. So right now, the first thing that we have, Ruthie's going to give a prediction for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically what we said for our very first prediction is in regards to how classic commerce looks. So when I'm thinking of classic commerce, we're thinking like the old timey, like just really like door to door salesman kind of thing, you know, like Kirby vacuums, that kind of style um, where it's more on commission based sales based. So like this also um, more modern sense can be things for like construction, roofing, things like that, where it's a lot more, you have a relationship with the customer and you go and you do like a demonstration or um, in terms of uh, like clothing and things like that, then you they have like fitting room assistance and things like that. So what we're predicting is that that is going to pause for a significant amount of time and it's um, going to hurt revenue in some ways for people who operate under that, but then it's going to surge again. So we're going to have this uptick in um, that specific style of, um, of sales and, and marketing because that's kind of what we're going towards right now is everybody wants that personalized um, experience and they want to be able to have things prepared for them before they even get into the store. So kind of what we were thinking is that uh, almost like an AI kind of you learn about the customers and um, so then you create like a like a, a customer profile and in terms of their likes and dislikes and be able to when they come into the store after the conversations that you have with them you can already have basically a portfolio for them you make like a customer um, profile and then you have all the materials there for them so it's a quick and easy process for them in and out so that's what we predict for um, more of that classic style of of sales and and marketing that form yeah and it's gonna come back we think it's gonna get really personalized like really the the retail businesses that are gonna stay as brick and mortar are going to be way more specific to the customer and make you want to come in because they have excellent customer service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I think that people are really seeing that right now in, in COVID is just how valuable it is to have solid customer service departments. Yeah. So the next thing we predict is that grocery pickup will actually start to cannibalize its profits. So mm-hmm. what we, what, if you've never heard of um, cannibalization within business, it's basically where you create something that actually, because it's so simplistic or it solves a customer problem, it actually decreases your overall revenue. Um, so within that, we, an example of this in the past was Tide Pods. So Tide Pods came out 
They were super cool. Uh, I believe Procter and Gamble put them out. They advertised them to everybody. There was commercials, all this. People started buying them like crazy. And then all of a sudden they realized, oh no, we're actually losing profit margin because people are no longer overfilling their soap and they have the exact amount they need for every load. And so we're actually losing sales over time. So when they realized, man, this is great technology, but it's actually like killing us because we are telling everyone, this is exactly how much soap you need. And they're buying less of it because of it. They like cannibalize their sales. Right. Yeah. I just keep thinking about how I fill up the laundry detergent and stuff like that. And I'll pour some in and like, mm, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little more. <laughs> and I just like jump it in there like, oh, that's kind of dirty. And yeah, so there's definitely a mentality shift of, oh, I, all I need to do is just throw in this one pod or two pods as opposed to just guessing and right. a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So in terms of grocery pickup, we think that's going to happen because people are going to get so used to doing grocery pickup that they are um, not going to want to come in the store anymore. And that's actually going to hurt like the clearance section. It's going to hurt those impulse buys. They're going to really have to invest in impulse buys uh, in this, in, in the e-commerce because you know, when you're standing in line at like any store, I don't know who's notorious for this. H and M is so notorious for having like so many like cute little things all the way up to the checkout counter. Um, that you just have to keep wandering through to get there and you buy stuff from that. Like that's, that's totally consumer data that they've seen. They know it's true. Um, so grocery stores are going to hurt from that. If people aren't going into the store to, uh, get their groceries. Mm -hmm. So I really am wondering if, if Walmart is specifically recognizing this and making it that you have to order your groceries like three days in advance in mm -hmm. order to go, because that actually it's like, yeah, we have this for you, but you have to be an ultra planner so that mm -hmm. way people don't get too used to it where they don't come in the store. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. and then, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, and then with that, um, we were discussing what that would look like for small town grocery stores and stuff. And we think that, um, that in order for grocery small town grocery stores to really keep competitive and stay open is that they're going to have to really up their um their online presence uh and really build that up and actually have some sort of ordering platform um like we said like they have to be careful with that because it can cannibalize it but maybe really running special offers and and pick up or something like that so that they can um just stay up to speed with what the bigger grocery stores are doing yeah, or going a step further. Like there's a grocery store I know that's near uh, Lake Vermilion. And what they do is they have um, the opportunity. So you can call in and say, hey, I'm coming up to my cabin. This is what I need. And they basically put an entire list together. And, and the grocery store, I'm pretty sure, keeps like a key for everyone's cabin in, mm -hmm. in a folder. And so basically like they'll go out and they will grocery shop all of it, like for like a $500 order. And then they'll go out to that person's cabin and put everything in the fridge and everything in the cupboards. Mm -hmm. And then um, that person, when they get up there, all their stuff is ready for them. So mm -hmm. grocery stores, like smaller ones, are really going to need to think outside the box in how they're going to serve customers better than um, the other grocery stores. So coming back to customer service is going to be a huge thing to, mm -hmm. um, to that because – 
for a lot of them, they're not going to be able to compete on price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of ties in with our next point, which is that digital presence and delivery services will not only continue to be important to the business market, but they will be expected. So that's something that um, we're kind of seeing right now is that if um, like people who are going to these different businesses or grocery stores or whatever, they expect to have that, uh, that delivery service provided. Um, and I think that that's definitely something that will um, continue even after all the COVID-19 stuff that they want more. Cause I, I cannot tell you how many times I have seen commercials on TV and stuff that have just like been promoting our curbside pickup. And that's like the solid keyword of the, of the season is just that curbside pickup. So I think people are going to continue to expect that even if it's not actually helpful for the business owners, but customers will expect that from the businesses. <laughs> Sorry. I just last week posted like a snarky kind of like, it wasn't really snarky, but it was just like playing off of that. I took a picture of a latte that my husband made me. I posted on Instagram and I was like, bedside pickup. <laughs> because he was so nice and brought me a drink as I was waking up. But anyways, <laughs> so we're already seeing it. We're already like a little bit laughing about it. But I mean, it's a good thing for some aspects. Um, okay, so then the next thing we are seeing happen is a lot more people are going to uh, embrace self-sufficiency, the do-it-yourself style um, aspects of things. So I think, I think actually there's going to be two different wavelengths of this. People are going to be smart people, I would say, are going to want to do the do-it-yourself videos and understand that stuff and figure out how they can have things but then they're also going to calculate what is my time worth and know what's worth um paying someone else to do mm -hmm. um so that's something that i see brands are going to have to figure out how they need to empower their customers to mm -hmm. be more self-sufficient um, for people who still don't want to come into the store or like the restaurant for a meal. So what does that look like to even, even in some of the restaurants they're saying, Oh, we have a family pack um, and you can get this and it feeds like six people or whatever, because I don't know how many times, I mean, we have a big family. We never went out to eat when we were little because it's so expensive. Right. But if there were more things for bigger families like that, I think we would have probably done more of that as well. So definitely brands are going to be shaping the do it yourself um, in a different way. And then the other thing that so we have a couple different points here on Facebook marketplace and what Facebook's role will be um, in our new world uh, post COVID-19. So we are, are seeing kind of a, a shift with Amazon as well that people, because of, they were, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but we're seeing people shift away from Amazon and try to look for more platforms to utilize in this time. So we think that there's going to be a surge in using Facebook Marketplace and Facebook Retail, and it's going to become, um, I don't know if it'll go global. I don't think that that's where it's going to head. It'll probably, Facebook Marketplace will probably stay more local, but I think that it's going to be utilized a lot more than it was before. Um, and then uh, Becca had a little bit to say about that as well. Yeah, so... Facebook launched shops like they've been testing it out for a while. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. been in Facebook marketplace at all. You see like different little, almost like little stores in there. And um, so I've been just watching it and then they like officially made this announcement like, Oh, by the way, we're going to be rolling this out. They were already doing it, but they're just like, Oh, it's to help more local businesses endure the 
stuff. I'm like, yeah, right. You were already doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So, but within that, what they're saying is like, it's, it's a way for people to like streamline payments and services with like their products online. They're going to be doing some stuff with Instagram too, which they've already been testing. And, and my first look at this was like, Ooh, they're going to totally take out Shopify, but Mm -hmm. actually they're trying to utilize, um, Shopify, BigCommerce, and WooCommerce as like different um, integrations for that because they know that they would totally eliminate them if they didn't. And I mean, that's a lot of R&D. So use what's there from other people and make them feel important. I think that's a good thing. Um, But what I think they're also looking into is trying to figure out how to catalog things and help you make purchases directly from your chat window. So that's something just to like keep in mind and maybe even start trying out because I think that we'll just continue to grow. Uh, Obviously, early adapters are going to get way more exposure because anytime Facebook rolls something new out and they want to encourage people to use it, they help the first people that are doing it get way more exposure than they normally would later on. Mm -hmm. So Good thing to think about if you haven't thought about it yet. Yeah. And if you run ads and things through uh, Facebook, you usually have a representative that you can work with. Otherwise, Facebook does not really have a way that you can contact them pretty much in any way. Actually, you can submit a support ticket sometimes, but um, for the most part, you they will provide access to some sort of help if you have a paid um, paid ads account and things like that, but otherwise you won't. So it might be worth it to um, start a paid ads and then you can get that help in, in trying to utilize the, um, the chat features and stuff and in, in streamlining your sales process. So that's something to think about and you um, maybe look towards more pay- payments and, and processing and product selling on Facebook. Okay, so the next thing we have is um, messaging. We're just, we're just going to stick on Facebook for two more points. Messaging on Facebook pages and on websites is going to be utilized more. So your your actual email, I don't know how many uh, older businesses don't have an email address, yeah. but this is like a big deal. It's going to be even more of a big deal. Um, so those things are going to be like expected to be able to get in contact with you, um, especially for smaller businesses. What we're seeing right now is you call someone and they don't even, their phone line is busy and they're losing business because mm-hmm. they're on the phone with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, test you- that, test that as your business. Cause I think that that was something that we, that we did some experimenting with when we were working with other businesses is just calling and seeing what the user experience was like for the people who call into the business. Um, are the phone lines always busy? Do that for your business. If you have people running your, um, your answering department or you have a call center, Call the call center, call your, your landline at your business and see what that experience is like, because sometimes you might just need to, to fire the person in your front office. Maybe they're just really bad at answering phones. Maybe they don't at all, or maybe they're just really rude. Before Um, you jump to firing somebody, (laughs) have a good talk. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, but that's but do that recon on your own business and kind of feel out what that user experience is like. Um, if you were someone coming to your website and and looking to to buy your product or work with your company or whatever, would it be a good experience for you, or would you be like, you know, this is really this is difficult to find information. I can't contact them, and when I do try to contact them, I don't get any response back. The response time is really slow, or I just don't. Um, I can't get through to anyone or anything. Yeah, experiment with your own company because I think that that's going to be really important uh, in the coming months. Okay, so the next thing we have is um, chickens <laughs> are going to be free on Facebook Marketplace three months from now. This actually is a prediction from my friend uh, Sarah. So shout out, Sarah. We were talking about this uh, because... So many people, when there was like a meat shortage, scare, whatever, and then like there wasn't any eggs and all the stuff, people just started buying baby chickens <laughs> like crazy. All of the places that like have them at the beginning of the year had to like double order and then some. They were like, oh, we've sold over 500 chickens and we usually only sell like 200 or something. <laughs> so I have a feeling that they're going to be all over Facebook Marketplace for free because as Sarah was talking about it, she was like, meat birds, you can't butcher them for like six to nine months or something. And people are going to realize, well, wow, that's a lot of work. And then they're going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they're going to put them for free because they don't want them. And they feel bad killing them. <laughs> yeah. So be on the lookout for chickens if you're in the market. <laughs> if you see free chickens, you need to like just tag us in it <laughs> yeah. just because we want to see it okay yeah. so um another prediction we have is that people are going to start uh diversifying from amazon to sell on their own um and not be fully reliant on them so in the past this is something like a lot of my friends have talked about or they've said yeah i'm really trying to strategize diversification even before covid because the biggest thing that we've seen and ruthie's done some research on is like how terrible your competitors can be to try to block your seller account and all this stuff. And there's so many things you have to go through to get it back up and running. And then when COVID hit, Amazon basically blocked non-essentials or what they considered non-essential products to save room in their warehouses for fulfilled by Amazon deliveries. And so what that did is it actually put a ton of people out because they have all this product that they're no longer allowed to sell on Amazon. And now they have to figure out how to get that product on the market in a different way. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more e-commerce websites popping up to try to diversify. The other thing that I think we're going to start seeing is bartering and service trading. So this can look a lot of different ways, but specifically with small businesses, what this can look like is maybe you have a small business that does accounting or something like that. And someone else has a space that they can use. Maybe it's like a conference center or something like that. And you can say, okay, I will work in your books. I will do your, this part of your accounting process. If you will allow me to host an event here or something like that. So that's, it's a trade of services. And Becca's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this is actually something, um, shout out to Aaron Bloyer who predicted this like so long ago, probably like <laughs> even, even six months, eight months ago. Uh, within that, people are going to have a skill set and they're going to approach another person with a different skill set and say, hey, 
I'll do this for you if you can do this for me. And then they kind of work out, this is how much I get paid an hour normally. This is how much you get paid. So this is like equivalent to the service trade. And we're going to see a lot more people doing that. I think it's going to happen within like the construction industry a lot too, because you're yeah. going to see people like, I can drywall like none other. You do electrical. I'll help you with this project. You help me with this project. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward. Um, and, and a company that does this on like kind of a, uh, you have to report it on your taxes scale <laughs> because we're doing a lot of it is this company called BizX. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking into it a little bit just to see how it is. It's actually in California and they do it with like, so say a, a restaurant says you can have X amount of free meals at my restaurant if you can redo this for me or like tile this area of the kitchen or whatever. So people are doing those kind of trades already through this commerce site. And then they have like um, ways you can find other people to do stuff for you. So definitely something to, to, to see as that's becoming more of a, um, the, this BizX company is digitizing it. Um, and tracking it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, higher percentage of businesses will accommodate for working from home. People are going to start also like having less rented space in corporations, but maybe like more co-working, not yeah. communal as in the actual physical office. Tell us about the communal part, Ruthie. Yeah. So basically like thinking of if someone kind of like renting an apartment, but you're renting a, a cubicle or something like that. Like someone has a space and then you just go there and work. So you can work anywhere in the country. And then that's just kind of where you set up shop as, as opposed to if you need it to be a little bit more formal, you can work from home. But then if you need to be a little more formal, then you can go and rent out that, um, that kind of cubicle for the day or whatever. And I think we're going to see a, a move towards that as we see a lot more people working from home. Um, and the other thing that I, I think will happen in a more um, corporate setting is that we're going to see a lot less communal space at, in terms of like big, big offices. Have you ever seen the movie The Intern? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. But it's got uh, Anne Hathaway and it. it's one of my favorite movies. Anyway, but it's just like they have this workspace that's just massive and they have like this huge call center. It's basically this open floor plan, which I've worked in an open floor plan before. And if you want to have an, a, a private meeting or a phone call, it is a nightmare because you can hear everything going on around you and everyone else can hear anything going on around you. And it's just, it's a good idea, but it's, it does it doesn't really work all the time. But anyway, so I think we're going to see a move away from that, that larger group where everybody's all in the same space. And I think we're going to see more people working um, in smaller cubicles and things like that. And I think also with that is kind of like what we were talking about earlier with customer services, is that we're going to see businesses gaining more robust calling centers. Um, so really having their phone lines um, up and running and easily accessed a lot. We're going to see a lot more of that. Um, yeah. Okay, so within that, here are the couple other things that we think on the small business side, we're gonna see a lot more small business owners um, getting their kids involved again in the business. Uh, a lot more homeschooling. And with, I mean, we've see, already seen a ton of people looking at um, homeschooling. I mean, I, I've already had a ton of people say to me, what does it look like to homeschool? You were homeschooled. What, what is it? What do I do? How do I do that? And um, I think, I think as we see the next school year coming up and they might be 
doing different things in the public school, a lot of people are going to say, you know what, uh, my kids can learn at home because I've been teaching them this last year and, and we can do stuff together as well as work on the business or whatever. So going back to the old days. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to transition to the sister gawk portion of our uh, episode today, which is um, also very current. Uh, This happened this week, actually. My brother um, graduated high school, and we Mm -hmm. debated on whether or not we should have his his party or whatever, but then we decided to just move forward with it, and my grandma made like 70 masks, and we had a, it's actually like a fish flame station, but we we hooked it up in the front, and it's got like a hose that you stick to it and then it it's like a little hand washing station and stuff it's yeah but anyway so we hooked that up and had like soap and everything for people as they were coming in they could put on masks and whatever and we had chairs spaced out everywhere people moved the chairs and sat close to each other but it's whatever <laughs> so um but it was really fun afterwards though Fuck at your was- own risk yeah, seriously. But we didn't uh, We didn't have a whole ton of people that came. And because of that, we had a ton of pop and water left over. And my brother and I were coming home from dropping off my sister um, at her friend's house. And we were driving down our, our block. And all of a sudden, I see Micah toting this, this huge cooler on a wagon. And, um, and I was like, what are you doing? And he goes... I'm selling the pop and water door to door. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay then. Did you talk to mom? And he was like, he's like, yeah, it's fine. She said it was fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, I've sold five do- or $6 worth so far. And I was like, wow, like good for you. And he was barely down our block. And then he goes, yep five to my one friend and, <laughs> and his friend in the background goes and one to me. And I was just like, what are you doing it was just so funny and he ended up making like 10 bucks but it was like 90 degrees out yesterday so he kind of called it quits pretty quick but I was like wow 10 bucks you know ever the entrepreneur just grab some stuff that we already had (laughs) look at all this inventory for me (laughs) okay Uh, if you've enjoyed our podcast you can support us by telling a friend Rave about the episode you've enjoyed most and send them the link to it. Thanks so much for being with us this week. Join us again next week.